Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to start things out tonight by going to Kurt Hoffman. He is on the line with us, and unfortunately, we just couldn't fit you in the studio here tonight. Uh, you, you do live in the Keene area, Kurt, and you are the man who's been in jail for about the past uh, six weeks. You were released uh, just a, a few days ago. And uh, welcome welcome out, and welcome to Free Talk Live. Are you there? Yes, I am. I'm I'm on the uh, best uh, radio show in the world. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so, Kurt, why did you move to New Hampshire? Uh, for more freedom and uh, less government, and uh, pretty much uh, that's it. And uh, just to do what I can when I can uh, to stop them. Where'd you come from? Uh, that place, uh, that bad place down below, below, some call it hell, others call it Massachusetts. <laughs> so then in that case, would it be safe to say that you did get a, a slight increase in freedom uh, just by making the move? I did. Uh, however, uh, as of late, it, it, it didn't seem that way. But yes, uh, yeah. I did. However, the the, the the one thing that I, I, I used to live on Cape Cod, and um, the one thing that I see up here that's similar to Cape Cod is that uh, we have fairly low taxes down uh, as far as property taxes down on the Cape are concerned. Uh, But uh, uh, the the, the police presence there, as far as revenue generation is concerned, is uh, is equal, if not even more so, in New Hampshire, which is really, really something that that really frosts my donkey. So you're saying there are more, possibly more cops up here than down in the Cape Cod area? Well, yeah, of the revenue generation type, I would, I uh, I would say that that's just uh, observed. Uh, and I say revenue generation by, uh, you know, the statute enforcement stuff. I mean, with your incident with the couch, with all the the the, the police everywhere, they're everywhere. They stop people like mad up here if you if you fart while you're driving they will pull you over it's 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 insane it's 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 sickening i I I haven't experienced that personally uh but uh, you know i've I've been pulled over once and she didn't give me a ticket i'm fortunate i have not yet been uh, been pulled over and i've been driving around up here with florida plates actually twice and no ticket so well, my hero, as far as uh, driving is concerned, is Lauren uh, uh, Canario, uh, who is uh, who has uh, drove for I think it was uh, a little over two years with the Nevada plate that said Area 51 on it. Uh, I thought that was awesome. It's <laughs> funny. So, uh, so you made the move up here. When was that? Like a year ago? I, I don't really. Yeah, exactly a year ago today. Oh wow! Congratulations on that. Uh, thank you, thank you. I've forgotten my number, but uh, uh, I, you know, I don't really like numbers anyway. So you made the move up with your uh, your lovely wife Auburn and your uh, your two your two little dogs. Unfortunately, I think you're down to one dog at this point because uh, one of them thank passed away. Yes. But. Uh, yeah. But you you came on up here and you got plugged in to the activist community here. And that's, for me, I mean, I didn't make the move to New Hampshire expecting to be more free necessarily, though certainly there are some things that are about it, uh, that, about New Hampshire that are definitely more free than in other places. I made the move because I knew that there were activists here that loved liberty enough to actually pick up and move themselves to another place. They had to be the best in the world. And turns out I was right. Do you feel similarly? 
Uh, you know, I, I, I often say this to other people, uh, and, and I truly believe I'm living a life second to none, and it is beyond my wildest dreams. This, the, the life I'm living here and the people I'm around, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a tiny, tiny, tiny blip on the radar screen. Uh, the people who are here, I am literally living among my heroes. And I mean, from every different spectrum, every walk of life, there are so many different people, and there are so many things that are already established for people to get plugged into. I mean, you hear it all the time, and then, uh, you know, a lot of people want to come here and create their own thing, which is great, but, hey, there's so much stuff that, that... is here already, and people can, I mean, there's so much going on up here. There's so many things you can get in the system, outside the system. There are so many things that that, that, that people can get plugged into. It is and, mind-boggling, uh, and, and in many cases, you have to be uh, choosy about what you end up going to do. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that's something I've never experienced before. I mean, where I come from, I had to do everything that I had to start everything, and there was nothing that I could just plug into. It was all stuff that I had to get get rolling myself. And, you know, I can still do that here, as you say. People can still come here, and if they feel like uh, what they want to see happen is not happening yet, they can start start it. They can uh, announce it, and other people will uh, will come on board. Now, of course, we're talking about the Free State Project. Uh, Kurt and myself and Mark, uh, we all moved here. Nick, you didn't have to move. You were born and raised here. No, I got uh, lucky. Yep, uh, but we all made the move uh, to New Hampshire. And uh, as part of this this organization, this movement, and I guess it's not really an organization because we're not um we're not a, like uh, there's not a the organization is about moving people. Yeah. It's not about doing anything once you get there. there. There's a board of directors of the Free State Project, but that's really the only organization that there is. And like any board of directors, they're fairly bureaucratic and uh, and slow at uh, at what they do. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the board of the Free State Project probably not doing as much for liberty as the the people that have signed and moved up here. Right, exactly. So we made the move, and hundreds of other people have made the move so far. Eventually, thousands of people will be making the move to New Hampshire in order to get active for free. Freedom. That's the purpose of the Free State Project. And I think that even though we're in the early, very initial stages of it, it has worked wonders so far. But uh, Nick is somebody who's lived here his whole life. And I mean, would you say that I'm blowing it out of proportion here, Nick, uh, saying things like it's worked wonders in the early in the early no, stages? I, it's it's been a game changer. I mean, there wouldn't be a vibrant liberty movement in the state of New Hampshire if it wasn't for the Free State Project. So it's it's worlds away from where it would be without hundreds of people moving into the state and i'll i'll say very active people moving into the state it's not like people are just moving and just voting or doing a single protest yeah. uh, you know every couple months that most of the people who have moved to date are very active almost superhuman as far as activism goes so i think it's had an incredible impact and i'm optimistic about what the continued impact of the free state project is going to be as more people continue to make the move. Before you go on, uh, j- just stop right there, everybody who's listening. Are you optimistic about liberty in your state? This guy from New Hampshire sat here and just said he's optimistic about liberty in his state. Are you optimistic in yours? So, Kurt, um, you've been through a lot in the last few months, uh, several months, actually. We've been following your situation ever since uh, way back in April when you were arrested after showing concern for your fellow uh, man, Sam, who is one of the co-hosts on this program, uh, Sam Dodson from the Obscured Truth Network, he was being arrested for videotaping in a public lobby, and you and five other people elected to stay in that lobby, even when the uh, the police agents ordered you to leave. 
Uh, you stayed there because, well, you were concerned. I mean, Sam was screaming from the other room, and they wouldn't let anybody in to actually monitor what was going on. Um, so as a concerned individual, you decided to stay as close uh, to that uh, to his screaming as you possibly could, just to, to do what you could, what little you could in that situation, uh, to monitor that. And for your efforts, you were arrested. Uh, you were charged with disorderly conduct, and that's kind of where... Your conflict, if you will, with the the state, which you didn't ask for, uh, they forced it upon you, began. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that is completely accurate. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, we were the, the, we were blocked uh, from leaving. I guess, uh, uh, you know, there was an officer, I've forgotten his name off the top of my head, but his first name's Chris. Um, and, uh, yeah, he blocked the door from uh, Richard, uh, is uh, uh, another one of the... Uh, uh, activists who are here and myself who are quite literally discussing uh, where uh, you know where to go to find Sam afterwards and to make sure that uh, we could get news to others who cared about him as everyone does up here. People care very deeply about each other and their well-being. Uh, and but, but the officer blocked the door, so we couldn't even we couldn't even go out the door at that point. And yep. uh, we we had pretty much decided where we were going to go at that point. You uh, that's where everything got started. And I don't think the disorderly conduct trial has even completed yet. Is that correct? December thirtieth. Now. Oh, oh boy. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold. Do you have a little more time to tell us about maybe your experiences in jail and possibly take a call if uh, one comes in for you? Anything. All right, I'm put you on hold. More with Kurt Hoffman here in moments. He uh, spent uh, six weeks of his life behind bars because he dared ask a judge to say please, among other things. We'll come back and tell his story. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoyed this program, uh, you can help support the show by voting for us over at the Podcast Awards. Uh, it's a once-a-year opportunity that we have to take home another Podcast Award. We've done it four times. This is the fifth opportunity. And we can be the only podcast to have ever won five podcast awards in a row. The only podcast to have won five podcast awards, period, I think. Uh, if you are voting, if you help us by voting for us at podcastawards.com, you scroll all the way down the page where the third, uh, the political category is the third category from the bottom on the right side. You'll find Free Talk Live there. Select that. Scroll down a little further. Fill out the name and, uh, and email address area and submit it. And you, and you can do it every day. That's correct. And, uh, as, as I've said before, and I, it bears repeating, I use this award that we have gotten four times up to this point. I say we, we're the uh, best political podcast as awarded by podcastawards.com for four years running. And this will be the fifth year. I use it every single day, in the, or at least work days, um, in the marketing of Free Talk Live. It is extraordinarily important. Please go vote every day. 
at podcastawards.com. Every day from now until the 30th, so you've That's got about right. another week left. Uh, as we continue here, uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the number. You're welcome to dial in if you've got a question for Kurt Hoffman. He's with us uh, fresh out of jail. Kurt, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thanks, guys. Uh, I also, you know, I wanted to you know take a chance to say uh, you guys are are part of the heroes. I include. I, while you know, one of the things that that happened uh, is that you and Mark, uh, both of you guys, called in and uh, finally got uh, uh, some medical attention to me that I needed uh, uh, because of the uh, some some of the. Uh, well, uh, from being slammed up against the wall uh, when the uh, when I tried to uh, uh, get to my wife, uh, and uh, you know I'm not going to be able to see her for 180 days, and that's all that's going through my mind. And they think I'm just going to go ahead and not want to be with my wife, um, you know, and, and give her a hug and a kiss. Uh, uh, you know, I have no idea what's coming to me at this point in time. That's all that's on my mind. Uh, however, uh, there was something. Well, there's something to that as well. I did kind of uh, mention a few things that were that I knew about uh, Eli Rivera, uh, who was the sergeant who plowed me into the wall and then uh, immediately lied and uh, told uh, the uh, somebody came in the, the room and I was in and out of consciousness about three times. At that point in time, I really cracked my head and my neck on the wall. You were handcuffed. Oh, I was yeah, I was just in handcuffs, uh, uh, trying to get to my wife, and he immediately said he was trying to get uh, trying to run away uh, through that door over there. Uh, well, I you know, anyways, but you know, you right. guys as though call. as though I, I know where that door leads, and it it either leads into the arms of more bailiffs or it leads into you know a secret uh, stairwell. I mean, it's not like you would have been able to get very far as a as a handcuffed man, even if you were actually booking it towards the door. Uh, it's not like yeah. you would have been too successful in that endeavor. And this guy, this uh, police sergeant, absolutely used an excessive amount of force uh, to to put a stop to that. And and as, like you said, you weren't doing that. You were trying to hug your wife. Uh, of course, you know their yeah. story. Their story is the only one that anyone inside the system will believe. So it won't matter what you say, and it won't matter what your wife says. And of course, yeah. if if they had done what they uh, refused to do every single time, and that is allow other people, at least one other person, to come in and monitor this situation, then it's less likely. As more eyeballs right. are on these thugs, if this it's sounds less like conjecture to you, it's because it is. And you know, why is it that there can't be an impartial, or at least an observer? I mean, obviously, how are you going to get impartial? You're not going to go drag somebody in off the street. But why isn't there an observer? And why isn't why why do these cops not want to have video of of them doing their job if they're doing the right thing? Right. Then what's the problem? He did let Kurt's wife in, and I had attempted to give her my video camera in advance of her going in there, and he prevented her from entering with that video camera so yeah to to eli's credit that was something he was not supposed to do and he did so uh, not saying he's any saint or any angel yeah. um and and i did kind of call him out not kind of i did i called him out on some things that i i knew about him uh that i probably shouldn't have been known about him and someone oh kurt are you still there not pretty much but okay. Yeah, he shouldn't have. She shouldn't have been in there. But yeah, there should. Have, there, I absolutely agree. If they're going to have to do anything behind closed doors, uh, 
You know, yeah, have somebody in there. Kurt, some people have made some bones about uh, how you handled yourself in the courtroom, and inevitably there are always going to be critics. I mean, everybody is going to say they would have done things better, and until they come here and, and prove it, then, you know, the, from, from, where, from where I'm coming from, I don't think they have much to say. But that said, you know, everybody's a, everybody's a critic, and some, some people have been critical of that. But I would I would point out to those folks that and we can talk more about what happened in court in a moment but i would point out to them that had you never been arrested in the first place obviously none of this stuff would have happened had they not aggressed against you because you number one cared about sam dodson enough to uh, to stay in the courtroom while he was screaming behind closed doors they arrested you for that later on you were arrested as you were driving to church in the morning back in the the, the backwoods uh, they arrested you because you rolled through a stop sign when there was no one around. You made your own decision that you were driving safely and you weren't endangering anybody. Uh, you you were pulled over and ticketed for that. That was one of the reasons why you were in court. And the other one was uh, was another uh, traffic thing uh, somewhere else in Nashville, which again didn't have a victim. There was nobody that was harmed. At no point for any of the charges that they brought you up on, Kurt, has there ever been a victim to actually charge you with anything. It's just been the state and their arbitrary rules that they're enforcing upon you. So had they not had this asinine system where they target people for revenue generation and they target people for obedience to silly nonsense laws that they just make up, then there never would have been a situation to where you would have gone into a courtroom and had to have uh, and and did what you did which was you know uh, well you know you pissed off the man in the robe and and uh, that's what he I pissed him off too when I was in his courtroom I spoke out of turn he threw Great me in job. jail uh and you know he threw me in jail for uh, 30 days for speaking out of turn and then later on when I didn't speak when he asked me a question he threw me in jail for another 30 days for that and I forget what the third 30 days was for um but you know this is this is a guy who when you don't uh, play by his little arbitrary rules, he he throws you in a jail cell. I guess you probably didn't expect that it was going to be 180 days when when you had gone into uh, to the courts. Is that right? Yeah, I actually uh, I don't know what I was expecting. I was very reactive, and and yeah, sure. In hindsight, I could have done things a whole lot different. But uh, <laughs> well, you'll get the chance in a it, month, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when it comes down to it, I, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I guess I, I speak with Yadra, who was also another uh, caged human being for a few days, and I know you've interviewed him. I actually just got done listening to the interview. There's a lot I'm trying to, uh, uh, you know, re- refresh my memory, and and I, 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 trying to just see what's been going on since I've been in there because there's, the, the local newspaper is all you get, and they, they actually, you know, uh, they, they blocked the local newspaper from coming to interview me because the only way I could have walked at that point in time was in a wheelchair, and they didn't want anybody to see the, the, mm-hmm. the half bruise on the left side of my face and head, uh, nor, you know, see me in the pain. But anyways, the... Uh, uh, hey, Kurt, I'm telling you what, I'll put you on hold. We're gonna, Kurt, we're going to bring you back. Hang on. We're coming up with Kurt Hoffman. Your call's at 800-259-9231. What was it like on the inside? We'll get to that story in moments. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com features including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of the banner column. That's SACL CAI. As we go back to Kurt Hoffman, who is with us, he is one of the, the hundreds of liberty-oriented people that has made the move, picked up his life where he was, and he happened to come from Massachusetts, and made this. So it was relatively easy to get here, Kurt, uh, un- unlike some people that are, I guess next year there's a whole caravan of people coming out from California, which I think is uh, particularly awesome. But nonetheless, you made the move, and it's still important that uh, that you're here. Uh, you were ended up being targeted by the police because you showed uh, concern. You showed that you cared for somebody that they were victimizing at that time, and they arrested you for showing concern. Uh, then they also targeted you later as uh, you were rolling through a stop sign, which was a completely safe activity at the time and place that you were at. Uh, they decided to go after you for that, and some there was some other traffic violation. I, f- I forget what uh, what was the uh, what was the one in Nashua. Well, that one is supposedly over. Uh, that was uh, w- when I was with Yadra. We were in a rental car and. Uh, the reason we were pulled over is because, uh, you know, we, we do what we do in uh, Keene all the time is uh, we drive by and we film the cops. Uh, just as even, you know, every little thing, we, we stick the camera outside just to remind them that we're watching them. But apparently in the lousy neighborhood we were in, in, um, in uh, Nashua, and I, I say lousy because I believe it's the uh well it's it's pretty bad it's near the courthouse uh, surprisingly uh but uh we were filming the the two cops who just going down the road they they told us reckless driving they said they had all kinds of they had a whole litany of charges mm-hmm. um of course none of them uh they were a victim for except for uh Yadra who they beat up uh, practically beat up uh, they pushed around there apparently that stuff doesn't go well the filming of the cops thing over there um uh, because I had my dog on my lap is why they did the reckless driving thing, I guess. Uh, but uh, we were probably going at the most 10 miles an hour with it's, traffic. It's not a big dog. It's a, it's a little dog, and it would not be hard to – I mean, it would not even reach, I don't think, the steering wheel. It's not like you had a, a, a problem. It's certainly not reckless. It's a 15-pound yeah. shih tzu. Yeah. It yeah. might be uh, – it might be – you know, they might be able to go with careless, but this whole – the way they just, you know, pile charges up or, or anything right. like this, and it's really – you pointed it out. It's because you were filming them, and that's certainly understood. Yeah, yeah, they they actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, they it did actually admit that. I think that uh, it was interesting because we actually got a uh, a judge, and I I didn't even know this going into the courtroom at that time in Nashua. We actually got a judge that was halfway reasonable. Uh, he actually had the patience, certainly not the not he had the patience to listen to me, and I spoke about the confusion and the and the endless rules and that they were you know that this is obviously they were aggressive. Now this judge, I can't think of his name at the at the moment, which I, I kind of regret, but I am I'm kind of grateful to him because he did spend the time listening and everything was 
I believe it was dismissed at the end. I, I didn't. I still don't even understand the whole thing, and I really don't mm. care to go into the whole deal and figure it all out. But, so that's uh, that part is over with. But the reason why you were in court six weeks ago, the beginning of uh, October, yeah. was because of the uh, the so-called disorderly conduct arrest for when you were concerned about Sam's uh, well-being and the uh, the rolling through the stop sign. Those were the the the, the two things that you were facing. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And, and now those have been postponed until December 30th for another trial because you ended up getting thrown in the jail cell for a 180-day sentence on a one contempt of court uh, finding. And because essentially now, and I actually wasn't there. Unfortunately, I arrived just a couple minutes too late to uh, to see everything that happened. Uh, by the time I got in there, things had, had heated up, and uh, they they arrested you shortly thereafter. But apparently. Did you pull a cookie from your hat and start eating it in the courtroom? Uh, yep. <laughs> well, I was hungry. <laughs> oh, God. See, now, um, you know, I've, I've got to say that uh, the, some of the antics, I don't know whether they were necessarily called for or not, but I can tell you what wasn't called for was throwing you to the ground while handcuffed. Yeah, or and 180 that's where days. I got involved. That's where I got involved. Say again, Kurt. Yeah, I agree with Mark on all counts. And incidentally, thank you, Mark, for being so tenacious in calling the jail. They really, when they came to get the uh, medical release forms uh, signed and had your name and Ian's name and my wife's name and the chiropractor's name and everybody's name on it, they were rolling their eyes. They just couldn't take it anymore. They they yeah. looked like uh, you guys called incessantly, and that's how they they just they were so driven crazy by you. And thank you for that. Sure, Kurt. Now, um, there's something's been uh, you know when I had a meeting with the uh, the, the 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 guy that that runs the jail there, he said, and he was able to uh, to speak freely about your medical records, and I'm going to speak freely about them now. So so don't bring the feds Absolutely. in on me. Um, he said yeah, that the doctors weren't able to find anything wrong with you. And I want I know that people are uh, you know talking about it. I want it addressed. What do you have to say? Well, uh, if you can explain the double vision, if you can explain the uh, fact that when I got on the balls of my feet, I was in excruciating pain, like I had two swords going up the sides of my back, uh, it, it, to the tip of my skull, all the way up my neck, uh, as soon as I got on the balls of my feet, uh, that was uh, that was pretty unbearable. I was I had to be medicated. I did go for about uh, just under ten days without taking anything. I finally had to I, I had to take something in there um, because I just I was just getting beaten down because the the pain was 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 bad. My vision is now almost all the way back. Um, uh, but oh, that's it great is, news. I'm having a hard time focusing. I'm not driving. Um, I did I have been standing. Um, I'm pushing myself to 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 walk around a little bit. Um, the uh, we do we do not know what's wrong, and yeah, it's probably one of those things that are probably weird. Uh, but it's probably a pinch nerve, and I am seeking medical help now for it. Um, I, I'm I'm going to say that what I think will probably happen is if I can have a little meet for a sit down with Eli Rivera. Um, one of the reasons, you know, they didn't press any charges against me, which are incidentally, I think, three to seven years for fleeing in their world. Hmm. Um, uh, so oddly enough, they didn't press any charges on me for that. And yeah. I guess that's because my wife was in the room. But I'd like to have a little sit down uh, with Eli. I haven't initiated anything yet. Uh, but I believe this was uh, the guy that attacked the, you, by the way, just for our listeners that yeah. didn't, didn't know. Yeah. And I'd like to believe he would be man enough to uh, volunteer uh, to pay any medical expenses that I have, and I believe uh, he probably will, and I'm, I'm hoping he will. I, 
don't think that... I, I do. I don't think he is an entirely evil human. What he does and the system that's there, I believe, it, 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 it defies anything uh, humane. It just makes people into and gives people who, are, who have the, the predisposition for a little violence or to push people around or what I call power issues the ability to... You know, just let that go. Well, I'm, um, I'm glad that you have an explanation for uh, the reason that you believe that Eli Rivera will pay for your medical bills and that you've been dropped on your head recently. And, um, you know, I, I wish you all the luck in the world. I think it'll be great. I hope yeah. that I, I, I hope that you get the meeting. I think it'd be very interesting. And, <laughs> and I hope that other people are invited to, uh, to come along, maybe maybe videotape it. I think that uh, that could be fun, too. Well, I think that uh, I would I'd like to do it, you know, quietly. Um, and because of the it, it, one of the things that I did with him was I did call him out and I did say some things to him that were, um, you know, I, I said it in the heat of the moment, which were, you know, dealing with with my own anxiety, um, and and, pro- and and broke a confidence, uh, and that that is something I always uh, try and I, I've always uh, subscribed to, uh, you know, you, you don't share things, you know, just uh, that are private and confidential. But and so I'd like to have, be able to have a heart to heart with him. Is what I really want to do. Okay. You want to apologize? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Without recordings, without anything, okay. I don't want to see. Well, I don't necessarily want to apologize. I'd like to explain things and and uh, and get to the bottom of things and maybe see if we can enlighten each other. Let's see if we can. Uh, let's touch on jail when we come back. More with Kurt Hoffman in a moment. Questions uh, for him at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com. Join our Facebook group there and it's free, of course. That's Facebook.FreeTalkLive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. It's, uh, it's, it's this Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. He doesn't pretend to be unbiased. It's liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folks. I watch him on a pretty regular basis. At least, at least weekly, I'll, I'll catch up on my YouTubes, and he's right there. You can go subscribe to him at LCLReport.com. That's LCLReport.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We go back to Kurt Hoffman. He is uh, one of the heroic activists that has picked up his life and moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to get active uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And it is not an easy process, that is for sure, and it's a long road that's, uh, that is ahead of us. Uh, because certainly the New Hampshire is not a free state at this point. There's a lot of very, very unfree things that go on here. And unfortunately, Kurt, you were targeted uh, by the people in the system, and they, uh, they, they put you in a jail cell for 180 days because, well, the man in the robe in the courtroom uh, did not really like very much how uh, you were handling yourself in there, and, and he's, he's 
That's just what he does. He uh, he lashes out in very violent ways at people who have not been violent, and you were not. Uh, you got a little bit hungry in there, so you uh, you grabbed a cookie out of your hat to uh, to eat. <laughs> Uh, in in the court, and uh, and he didn't like that very much, and then I guess he didn't like it when you asked uh, you asked him to say please when he was uh, demanding that you come up front and sit down at the defendant's table. I didn't think that was unreasonable at all personally, but uh, apparently he decided that he could not say please because he didn't want to treat you like a, a fellow human being, and as a result of that, he uh, decided to hit you with a contempt one contempt of court charge uh, with a 180 day sentence which is different from what he did to me. For me, it was three contempt of court charges with 30 days apiece. So all completely arbitrary, all based on his whims. So um, when you get this contempt of court charge, which you got, uh, Kurt, um, they give you this uh, opportunity to allocate or something like that? The right of allocution. Allocution. Yeah, whatever. One would assume one has to allocate when one has a right of allocution. 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 So and and so, what do you got to do? You got to go in there and say, "I'm sorry for asking you to say please." I mean, how does that work? Uh, well, the the, the uh, as far as what I understand, and and I'm no legal genius, uh, the the right or right of allocution or whatever they call it is. Uh, uh, the chance to explain your actions and, uh, and not necessarily to really do anything else. That's in their world. Of course, uh, they don't have to explain theirs. They think it's already done in some book that you were supposed to have studied and begged to uh, have guide your and rule your lives uh, since you are walking on the planet in their presence. Right. Uh, so you were put in jail, and it was at that point that the activist network really kicked into effect. As you were pointing out, Mark was uh, Johnny on the spot and uh, making sure that they tried to get you some sort of medical treatment. And really, that's what it takes. It takes people on the outside to care in order for people that are on the inside of a jail cell to be treated in a more humane fashion, because most people that are in there are forgotten about, or they just have a handful of people maybe on the outside, maybe they're direct family members who are concerned for their well-being, but most people don't know what to do about their loved ones being put in there. You were locked in. Uh, you stayed in there for about six weeks until they finally uh, decided to let you out after you uh, did as I did uh, with, uh, with the robed man and uh, groveled a bit. Uh, in in front of him, which is that's what he wants, uh, and so yep. so he he let you out. Um, so thank thank goodness it wasn't 180 days. It ended up being what 47 or something like that. Do you recall? Uh, 49. 49. Uh, so 49 yeah, days and not a moment left. <laughs> yep. Uh, so tell me about your experience in there. First of all, what kind of people were you coming across? Were they violent killers? Uh, were they you know dangerous rapists? Uh, were they I mean, who who were these guys? Uh, actually, uh, one of the one of the guys I met in there, and his name's Mike. Uh, he, he has a family, two daughters, a son. Uh, he's got grandchildren. Uh, he went to work as a machinist, uh, made about seventy-seven grand a year, take care of the family, would took paid his taxes. He decided back in two thousand one, uh, he wasn't going to. Uh, uh, renew some license or something because he had some. Did some uh, some ticket or something that uh, he didn't pay, and it became a suspension. And so um, he had to, because he decided to drive down the street uh, to go to work to uh, make uh, a living to better the lives of his family. Um, he um, and contribute to the world. He was pulled over. Uh, actually, uh, uh, he was given a heads up uh, about his. Uh, 
They call him a habitual offender. He's a sweetheart of a guy. I met him in there, and uh, he was just one of many guys that in there. Uh, there were probably about two people in there that I would say uh, were uh, any possible uh, danger uh, to anyone. However, there was a Baldassaro who was a uh, was uh, in the. I happened to witness him being there, who was. Uh, uh, I guess he'd ripped off some local businesses. And, oh, that was the were, guy that uh, I heard about. That guy. That was the guy that actually went into a bi- local business or two and posed as though he was a federal agent to try to, I guess, jack money from people because they were intimidated by that. So, right. so he was engaging in, in fraud, uh, basically. Uh, but yeah. so, so you were in there and you found out. Like we were actually, Mark and I sat down with the the, the uh, superintendent of the the prison there, and he admitted right. to us. He admitted that like 40 to 50 percent of the people in there are in there for either drug, so-called crimes, or for violations of probation, which you know are just a bunch of nonsense because the probation. I think system... there were drug possession um, was what he had said. Uh, drug so you're possession. not even talking yeah. about yeah. selling at right. that point, right? And um, I think that you know he's he's on our side that those people shouldn't shouldn't necessarily be in there, and that there are better ways to deal with. Uh... Oh, that's that's only on the issue. Uh, you know, that is specifically on that issue. I I, I do not believe him to be any. Kind Kind of saint whatsoever. He's definitely on the uh, on the aggressors team. Well, I uh, he, he was of the opinion that many people should be uh, you know on house arrest and things like that. Uh, you know, I my experience in talking to him on film was you know that that's what he said. That's all I can you know. That's well, all house I can arrest say. and all those things that 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 you know give you this twenty four hour you know GPS article or you know, any of those things. You have a curfew at nine or ten p.m. Uh, probation, all those things are designed to get people back in the system and keep people in the system. It is a, that's what probation has been designed for. I don't Absolutely. care what people say its original intention is, but I've seen half the people, if he's talking about 40 to 45, 50 percent of the people, uh, uh, in there shouldn't, you know, or on their drugs or something silly like that, uh, it's more like 95 percent of the people were in there were in there for statutory things. There were two that were in sting operations for pedophilia in the uh, place I was in called the MPR, which is the multi-purpose room is where uh, Sam was. Uh, but uh, all that stuff is statutory. It is. It's all there's. It's it's right. You uh, use the term pedophilia, uh, and I I recall one of those guys' stories. It was allegedly a 14 year old boy that he thought he was going to meet. So I that to my to my right. definition is not pedophilia. That uh, pedophilia is is something that has to do with children, and a 14 year old boy, in my opinion, is yeah. not a, is so, not a child. Now Kurt, you can agree on that all you want. I think the best advice is to stay away from 14 year old boys if you're a grown man. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. Well, Kurt. Um, so when you were in there uh, for the 49 days. Were uh, there people on the outside that were getting in touch with you uh, via mail? Yes, uh, I do believe there was. Uh, my my mail was mostly open for the most part by the time I got there. Um, they held some of it back. Uh, they, I, I'm certain they disposed of some of it. I did, however, thanks to uh, Mike Barsky um, at MailToJail.com, um, which is an awesome, awesome, amazing tool. I heard from 
so many people. I, I sometimes regretted getting mail in there so much because a lot of the other guys are just forgotten about in there, sadly, yeah. who have not done anything to harm that's, anyone that's else That's the either. difference. That's one of the major yeah. differences in what happens when you go to jail in New Hampshire as an activist for liberty as compared to anywhere else around the country. Here, you've got people, and people around the country, I'm sure, send you mail, if not from around the world, uh, but here you've got people that are paying attention, people that are concerned about you, people that are looking to, uh, you know, to do their best to keep your spirits up. Uh, I was there at, uh, at least once when they, uh, they came out to visit you, when we came out to visit, uh, and of course there were also some, uh, some jail uh, demonstrations that went on outside as, as well, and there were regularly several people, uh, multiple people there waiting to see you when uh, you, you were given the opportunity to be seen, uh, and of course uh, mail coming in from mail-to-jail.com, I sent them a, a fairly a decent contribution after that when they had their one-year anniversary. Uh, it's, it's great that uh, mail-to-jail has been going on so long now, and it's been so useful. So, uh, Kurt, any final thoughts? We're about to run out of time here for our audience. Uh, yeah, it was it was all a learning experience, and um, and I, I hope that uh, you know it, if I had to be the uh, you know there, there are a lot of us that, that are here, the early movers uh, that have come here. We are going to have to make the biggest uh, sacrifice, um, and uh, that that uh, that was I believe uh, from uh, one of the. Uh, Letters that uh, Karen Lupo from LCL Report sent me. Hopefully, uh, people will be showing up sooner rather than later. Kurt, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes and the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it this is real thousands have already taken advantage of it and you should too don't miss out secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun go to frontsight.com today that's f-r-o-n-t-s-i-g-h-t.com go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. If you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, as we will uh, take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind, we'll also tell you about a subway stabbing. Mark, you've got the story where the police, was it the police that uh, took the swift action to protect the people in the subway car from the uh, the mad stabber? If you mean by swift action that they locked them in the car with the uh, with the murderer, yes. Please tell me about this. <laughs> it's it, it's a funny little story. Um, oh, I'm sure it was hilarious for those people in that subway car. Well, I can only say it's funny because I I wasn't there on the subway scar, uh, yeah. car. Um, Dwight Drifter, Dwight Johnson, was on the subway with his bag on the seat um, next to him when another passenger demanded it be moved because he wanted the spot, even though there were plenty of empty seats on the late-night train. Two argued br- br- briefly over the uh, bag before... Uh, Gerardo Sanchez, an exterminator still in uniform, snapped, police said. 
He pulled oh, a knife and stabbed Johnson to death in front of horrified oh. passengers on oh, the D train early Saturday. On Monday, Mayor Michael Bloomberg defended what happened next. This is the part that the matter. You know, like there's <laughs> this is the part that's so weird. Passengers were briefly trapped with the suspect, um, the suspect, and the bleeding victim because police kept the subway doors closed as they combed the cars looking for the crime scene. Letting everybody run in every direction and have a murderer back on the streets doesn't make a lot of sense, says Mayor Bloomberg. Immediately after the stabbing, someone pulled the emergency cord. The train came to a halt between Manhattan's Rockefeller Center and the next stop further north. Police said 37-year-old Sanchez pried open the doors and dropped the knife onto the tracks. Just minutes later, the train was moving again as the engineer radioed ahead and the police met the train when it pulled into the station at uh, 53rd Street. And one door was opened as the police worked their way back to the crime scene. So they opened one on the train and then, you know, the cops went from, uh, you know, door to door Mm -hmm. uh, saying, you know, clear, 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 going back. So, um, But this guy had already jumped out? No, he pried open a door and dropped the knife. I don't know oh, why I he see. didn't jump out. I don't have an explanation. Maybe he couldn't get it far. He probably only got it open far enough to, to throw the knife Certainly out. a possibility. Gotcha. Sanchez was arrested as he stood over the body. Police Commissioner wow. uh, Raymond Kelly said the arrest took just minutes. Just minutes. <laughs> so is that... <laughs> minutes is a long time. Right. Minutes when, uh, when you're standing, when you're locked in a very small room with a uh, man who's just slain someone else in front of you over oh, a seat gosh. that he didn't could have just gotten another seat for like maybe those are long minutes and who knows how many minutes we're talking about when they say just minutes it draws to mind for me 40 three minutes. or four or five but minutes could mean really anything minutes yeah. is the next step down from hours well i'd be interested to hear what the passengers in that particular car had to say about how long it took yeah i, I, I would really like to see that and i i don't know what it is um anyway it says that no one else was injured uh, Sanchez pled not guilty to charges of murder, and his legal aid <laughs> did not immediately return a uh, call-seeking comment. His wow. brother, Luis Sanchez, told the reporters that the family was struggling to understand what happened. He's a family man and not a beast. The drifter? No, this oh, is the, the, the stabber. Uh, the murderer. Yeah, the drifter's good and dead, uh, as I understand it. The brother told reporters uh, after arraignment Sunday, Luis Sanchez told the Daily News that his brother had recently been hurt in a workplace accident, had been taking pain medication, mm. and he's being held without bail. Johnson, 36, died at the scene. Little was known about him. There's no number um, at the address provided Gosh. by the police. So anyway, um, Bloomberg s- says hey, the subways are safer than ever, and there's hasn't been a killing on the subway system this year. Until now. Well, until now, yeah. I mean, they made it all the way to November. And <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there was one last year, too, right? Otherwise, he would have said there hasn't been one since 10 years ago. Or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, Um he says, I have empathy for everybody that's in danger, the mayor said. Uh, How many stabbings have there been? I mean, he pointed out there's not only there's only been one killing so far this year <laughs> on the subway. How many stabbings and beatings and attacks? And... Well, New York is a big city. I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of people there. So It's true. It, it, I mean, it, it might sound like there's a high crime rate, but you also have to consider that there's many millions of people living in the New York metro area, too. So It's still a scary story, though. I mean, just the idea that somebody would be stabbed over his seat on a subway car well, is really freaky. Um, People do get cranky on pain medications, although hmm. I would assume that to stab a drifter to death over a subway seat, you probably already had to have some psychological problems. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be prepared to, uh, to, to assess this guy. Psychological sounds you, you good to me. You, but do, you, you don't think he was a little unreasonable i think when he wakes up from uh from this he's gonna say holy crap 
I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison over a bum. Yep. That's it. <laughs> you know, somebody I've never met and I don't care about. I've shown how tough I am to, you know, somebody who's dead and some horrified people on the train. I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's, you know, awful, awful circumstance. And the, the guy's going to be, <laughs> obviously, he's going to regret it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't, I mean, it wasn't even. To kill somebody over a seat in a subway seems uh, it's like really really petty, and this is you know, this gets into the realm of punishment for me because I I don't you know who are you going to uh, to, to get uh, you know some kind of recompense to for this, this who do you restitute for killing right. the drifter right <laughs> yeah it's not like you can make somebody whole when they're dead you can't well bring them and back. he may not have any relatives that know of him or, or an employer where. that uh, perhaps is losing his labor so you know you've got some real real problems here and i think that there's you know there's room for punishment in society i think this guy deserves it and um you know i mean that's that's about where i'm at i i know i i have a good idea what it's what life is like from you know his side of the the fence with from now on he's going to be on a, uh, that that side of the fence and i i know you know he's he's going to regret it he's going to spend we're, daily guess, were, the, were the charges first degree murder or they were second degree who knows? Did it say? First yeah. degree. At this point, they haven't charged him um, uh, formally. I believe I, you have to bring well, a grand jury in in order right, to yeah. indict somebody on first degree murder. I, ima- I imagine this, these would be second degree charges, since it sounds like a, a split second decision. Doesn't sound like he went on to the subway car Intending necessarily. Intending to kill him, yeah. They might try to claim that he had the knife in order to uh, you know, kill somebody. It is New York City. So but the other issue here is how the police handled the situation. Right. And of That's course, the real saying, issue is they locked a bunch of people into the D train with with a with a guy with a bloody knife standing over somebody he just killed for some you know minor yeah. uh, well, you know, disagreement. To be honest, uh, we don't necessarily know how the call went out to police dispatch. So if they just heard that somebody had been killed or injured, oh in an good, altercation, we was, can blame it on incompetence. Well, they don't necessarily. How did the report even get to the police? Who made I, the initial report? I don't care. Well, Do you know, understand that it doesn't matter to me which bureaucrat screwed this up? Well, it's not necessarily that they screwed it up, though. Because if they didn't know, say, if he had a gun or a knife, it might actually be a bad idea to turn someone with a gun loose into a larger area where they can roam around and... I understand that, but a I greater mean, number of people. So they're <laughs> so you're willing to put those uh, people's safety. I mean, what if this guy decided, you know, I'm screwed. I'm going to take out witnesses, and you know, gone from person to person to person. I mean, I don't think that it's entirely at that point just his fault if the cops have locked him in that train with those people. They certainly could have handled it differently. Fight or flight uh, is definitely a human. Uh, question that that your your body you will uh, answer in a uh, you know difficult situation and the police prevented him from choosing flight so i mean he might have wanted to flee uh and luckily he didn't choose to continue fighting so i guess he just chose to stand there stunned after he, right. what he did how much but, police work would it take to have uh you know opened the the doors uh, that you know i i, I and the, the guy runs out of the train maybe everybody would run i don't know i this is the more orderly way to handle it however there were probably 30 people you know a couple of dozen people whose lives were put in danger in this orderly way of handling the getting the murder you see the, here's the question is what's more important getting this guy this murderer or um you know safety these, these 24 people i mean do I you really want to turn of human life right you want to you want to turn a murder scene into a mass murder scene I would so, think that was that, a possibility here because of what the police did. I would think that uh, you, you would take that into consideration. I don't know the best way to handle it, but I can tell you the best way to handle it isn't to lock 
24 people or whatever. I'm just making some number up. I, 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 would, I would suggest that, uh, yeah, it, it may have been more difficult for them to track this guy down if they had just, you sure, know, if people had just run out of the train. But at the same time, we are in the 21st century, and you've got a trainload of people. There's a good chance somebody had a cell phone camera or something like that to where they were able to snap this guy's photo. Or, you know, there's there's likely uh, video monitoring in the, the subway stations. So it would be as though they'd be completely unable to investigate and find out who the guy is. Uh, at least get his picture. Geez, I don't know that a picture would do you that much good in New in York New City. In New York City, yeah, good point. More coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. What would you do in that situation? It's Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Some restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, freetalklive.com also features the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove and uh, show they are listeners of Free Talk Live. Uh, you can become a Shriner, ladies, if you head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and get all the details there. And the Shrine of Female Listeners is brought to you by Manchester Brewing at manchesterbrewing.com. All right, we will take your calls here. Frank is on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Ah, good evening, uh, hey. and I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving uh, Thank you, sir. this week. Yeah, I wanted to mention that New York City, like many other cities, uh, deliberately uh, under-reports the crimes uh, mm-hmm. and things because of the statistics. The reasons for that, when you look at neighborhood development or gentrification, uh, to make it more desirable for you know people moving in or to buy property and different things, and, you know, New York isn't alone in that. Detroit, Pittsburgh, uh, San Francisco, a number right. of cities deliberately underreport that. And it could be as simple as a mistake on the police report, or maybe the uh, sergeant at the police station is reading the reports and they decide that, oh, this isn't right, it gets thrown out. So, in a sense, uh, it's very common. So, nothing would surprise me about, you know, the amount of crime that happens up here or any other city. In the United States, and I think it's going to get worse as the economy collapses and the social fabric starts to uh, uh, disintegrate. That's likely true. But we true. all know that. Uh, yeah. History has taught us that. Uh, but no, I, I feel I feel really bad about the people uh, in the subway. Uh, in fact, I ride the subway every day, and I haven't had any knock on wood uh, any difficulty with uh, muggers or. Uh, uh, usually you'll see maybe some homeless people or people begging for, you know, money for food or, you know, this or that. But that's really about it. And What would you say should have been done in this case? I mean, the, the issue for those just tuning in is that in New York City, uh, there was a man that was stabbed to death on a subway car. They locked down the subway cars while the police searched through them. 
and therefore put the rest of the people that were in the subway car at risk of being also stabbed by this maniac. What do you think yeah. would be an appropriate way to handle that? Frank? Well, you know what? I have As a feeling that, that after 9-11, I mean, people up here have been so, you know, fear, terrified of fear and violence. You know, for I think it was in the 1970s, they had that woman stabbed that, you know, she was screaming and everyone heard it and they did nothing, you know. So, I mean, I have a feeling that... You know, a lot of New Yorkers are desensitized, and uh, but you know, if it were me and someone was attempting to stab me, and I could, you know, defend myself for that, I would attempt to do that. But you know, the point is, people are told, you know, look out for yourself, you know, don't get involved. Uh, plus, another problem you people don't seem to realize today on the New York subway is that most of the people from ages 14 through maybe 39 are all listening to their iPods with the inner ear uh, phone uh, mm-hmm. jacks, or what do we call them, headphones. Yeah. So you can be on the subway, and you're, you know, someone is blocking the door with the headphones on, and you ask, could you move, please, I'm getting out. They you know, and you're oblivious you. to that. So yeah. I wonder how many people may have been zoned out in their... Uh, uh, MP3 music world. Without you know. even knowing the guy was being stabbed to death. That's <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, all I can say is this New York is uh, an amazing city. Everything you could want in North America exists in the city, and everything you don't want coexists also, <laughs> usually within, you know, a three to five block radius. So, you know, you can be on one one part of the city where the richest people in the world have addresses in condos and things and go over five or six blocks and you'll see, you know, a homeless encampment of people that are, you know, really, you know, in a bad situation. So in a sense, that's kind of like how it is. Uh, there's no middle ground. And that may be a metaphor for, you know, the uh, state of our country at this moment. Frank, what, but my question for you, and I don't know if maybe I didn't hear your answer, was what do you think about how the police handled that situation with locking everyone in the well, train you know, they car? They have their own regulations now, and they have all of this emergency homeland security stuff, so I think that's what they would probably do, lock the system down. But they have tons of surveillance uh, cameras do they? at every subway station, but in order to cut the expenses, the, the people in the booth they've tended to replace. So in a sense... It is a panopticon of video information, but it'll take them probably an hour or two to retrieve the videos uh, and try to find out, you know, the person. All of that surveillance, like in London, is good, but it can't prevent anything. It's always after the fact, yeah, after it happens. That's true, and the statistics, and, the statistics of the government's own study over in London show that, uh, that effectively the cameras do nothing uh, to stop crime, and or little to nothing. And the thing that really stops crime there are streetlights, not cameras. Right. And what people have to do is I think they have to be willing to uh, – well, I'm going to say this. The cost of taxi cabs is so expensive now that more and more people are using the subways. And it really is an efficient way to travel. And I think on any given day there's probably you know 18 million – people on the subway, and that means that people are taking the subway, you know, more than once. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers that, you know, of ridership, it's pretty amazing, you know, in the city. And uh, all I can say is this, you know, this stuff happens everywhere. And it's really sad. I feel sorry for the person that's uh, that lost their life, and I feel sorry for the, uh, you know, uh, the danger that we all have to deal with. And I wonder if maybe this person 
should have been institutionalized, and due to the cost-cutting, they were thrown out on the street without anything. You never know. I mean, it would be very interesting to find out what's, what's what. Usually in New York, if you get mugged, it's sort of like you're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Very rarely do people premeditate their you know, violent acts of aggression uh, on people. I would imagine um, a, a large amount of muggers are people that are looking for some sort of a, a drug fix, a you know, crack fix or something you like know, that. No, it could be. And they it, run it, out and they go and they, you know, they just decided to, uh, you know, target somebody who happens to be out uh, on the street. Yeah, it could be, or it could also be, you know, maybe, you know, people lost their jobs, they're homeless, they've lost their apartment, you never know. Uh, or it could be someone that's, you know, just completely whacked out that should be institutionalized. But, uh, no, it's very sad and it's sad that it happened during this holiday season and, uh, it's sad that it happens anywhere, but... Uh, Thank you, Frank, for the thoughts tonight. I certainly appreciate hearing from you as uh, somebody who lives in New York City. At 800-259-9231, that is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. But you know, Mark, what I'd, uh, and uh, Nick, what I'd be interested to talk about here is, what do you do about a dead homeless guy? I mean, we I think we've talked about this in the past, but I don't recall ever really... If there was a great answer to it, I don't recall what it was. As far as normally when we talk about people committing crimes, uh, we think... I, at least, I, I don't know if I can speak for you guys here, but I think that restitution is a direction that we need to go in as a society as opposed to just putative uh, sorts of uh, things where you just put somebody in a cage and the victims in that case don't actually get anything out of that. They uh, they are not made whole in any way, shape, or Right, form. they're victimized twice. They're victimized by the uh, the perpetrator and they're victimized by uh, the government in having to pay to keep their perpetrator sort of taken care of. But when it's when it's your average victim, they have family members, they have uh, people, you know, they have a lover, they have uh, kids, they have people that are connected to them. They have people in the business world that rely on them for things. So it's not hard to find victims aside from them that, you know, we're talking about somebody who's murdered. Uh, in this case, it was a homeless guy, a, de- a derelict, somebody that was, uh, you know, didn't have any family that anybody knows of. How do you handle that with restitution? It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us, including... The bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Production internships. Intern in film and alternative media. The IHS Production Internship Program offers paid internships at production companies making films, documentaries, online video programs, and more. The program includes a week-long interdisciplinary IHS seminar, a stipend, and a housing allowance. Applicants at all levels of experience are encouraged to apply, as long as they're, you know, about college age. Uh, placements are available during the spring, summer, and fall. Actually, the spring's probably, uh, uh, deadline's probably over for that. You might be able to still 
squeeze in. And the only way to find that out is by going to libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. All right. As we continue here, hey, I got another train story. Actually, I've been sitting on this one for uh, several weeks, but I figured you're yeah, playing the train angle. Now's an appropriate time to bring this out. We ta- we started out uh, this hour talking about a man that was murdered, uh, stabbed to death on a New York City train. So this doesn't have the the same level of uh, I guess mm, seriousness, but for some people it's pretty serious. For the the uh, women of Tokyo, it's a serious thing. And the BBC News is reporting that Tokyo police have begun a week-long crackdown against the twice-daily scourge of gropers on commuter trains. Undercover teams have been deployed on some lines in a bid to catch molesters in the act on crowded trains. Last year, more than 6,000 people were arrested on suspicion of groping or taking of unsolicited photographs. According to one survey, nearly two-thirds of young women have been groped on public transport. Some train lines have even introduced women-only carriages. Now, I think that is a particularly interesting example of how the marketplace responded to uh, these groper, this groper problem, which is it's a big problem over in Japan, from what I understand. You don't hear much about that happening in the United States. I think I recall hearing a story out of Boston a couple of years ago where they had some... Some gropers. But is it an epidemic? No. I, I, mean, I think it was a sensationalized news story. I'm sure there was some groping going on, but... Over in uh, over in Japan, it's my understanding that uh, they actually, and in fact the article points this out, that local reports say the police are concerned that gropers are using the internet to coordinate their activities and to form gangs. Groping gangs. So, yeah, I mean, it's a real problem. They're not actually raping anybody, though. They're just sort of... Just grabbing, grabbing. boobs and butts and stuff like that. Yeah, just copping a feel. Because they're on a packed subway car or a packed well, there's train nowhere car. you can go when right. you're on a subway car. I, mean, you can't I would have a very off. difficult time grabbing the feel and then, you know, being looked at by that person. I mean, obviously, you're going to turn around. I suppose you could slide through, but people are going to know. You know, like, I just saw that guy's hand go through that. Yeah, yeah, it's likely people are, are going to know, but uh, I, I suppose if you're stealthy enough, and there's a possibility of What do you really get out of it? I mean, it's just... I don't know. Some sick thrill, probably. It's a sick thrill, I, right? I mean, I mean, people like all kinds of strange and disgusting things. Admittedly, I've seen parts that I've wanted to touch and, and <laughs> you know, wanted to touch more, some more than others and things like Would that. you get a thrill out of rubbing up against a woman in a subway car? I, you know, I mean, if it's packed enough, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been in, in tight circumstances uh, with, uh, say, friends that I found attractive. Well, it's one thing if it happens by accident, but... No, I mean, I'm, I, you know, we, we, not by accident, by by circumstance. I'm, I'm not talking about I just, I, I, you know, it's been by circumstance. Like they had to say we had to ride in a car, they had to sit on my lap, something like that. Right, right. Uh, but according to the story here, the Tokyo police have begun what's being described as a groping prevention week. There are conspicuous extra police patrols in stations handing out leaflets, and undercover teams have been deployed on trains to try to catch men in the act. Gropers can be imprisoned for up to seven years in Japan. Good Lord. Several suspects arrested in recent months are said to have told officers they had targeted particular train lines because of recommendations they had read on websites. So essentially the gropers are getting together on the Internet, getting together on forums and things like that, and, and essentially posting you know, where the best train lines are to grope women. <laughs> so... In theory, I suppose it could be groping men as well. I'm sure the vast majority of them are targeting women, but... 
but I think they've that, got the parts that are you know more. Well, I, if you if you want to grope people on subway cars, I, I you might you might have sort of a penchant for off color, offbeat things. So it's groping, true, but uh, groping other you know the, young men might be up your alley. It's possible, but uh, guys in general come with uh, you know better armed than women do. You know, it's definitely riskier. Yeah. It would it would be riskier. Now I know that we sometimes have uh, people listening who are actually in. Uh, it's an international show. We're on the internet. Uh, there have been people that have called the show from Japan, and so I'm curious: Have you ever been groped, or from anywhere around the world? Have you ever been groped uh, on a train car or somewhere in in public? Or are you a groper? Can you call in and tell us? What it's all about uh, for you is—is is it a thrill? Do you have contests with the other gropers to see who can grope? I mean, obviously, you probably can't prove that. Uh, well, I suppose if you had a video camera going, you could. Well, I'm curious to see to know how many gropers there actually are out there, because I—I I imagine media works the same way in Japan as it does in in many places around the world, just about everywhere around the world, mm-hmm. and that is that the media tends to focus on stories that people find interesting because sure. media outlets are generally trying to sell advertising. So Stories that are salacious, titillating. Right. I mean, so they're not necessarily going to represent it objectively. You might get the impression that there are a lot more people groping pe- other individuals on subway cars in Japan than there actually are. It'd be easy to get that impression as, according to the story, more than 6,000 people were arrested on suspicion oh of groping and t- or taking unsolicited photographs. So I guess there's... This is, well, that's, that gets tricky. Suspicion what is an unsolicited uh, uh, photograph? Well, I don't know. Maybe the, uh, the laws about uh, being in public are different in Japan than they are around Right. I'm here. wondering whether these are the upskirt photographs that they're... That's what I'm thinking. You know, that they, yeah. uh, that's what I'm thinking, too. But, you know, they're supposed to be a big on the Internet. When I don't understand why you would want them when you can just pay somebody. Why would you take the chance of getting arrested when you... You can pay someone to take their clothes off for you or what? Just or, pay... Or, you know, or do people, an upskirt? Right. I would assume that you make money by uh, letting other people see these upskirt uh, photos. And it's the excitement. I guess. Right? It's the excitement the of... The sick thrill thing. Right, right. Of, of the getting lighting a, can't even be that good. No, they're awful. They're awful. Uh, so <laughs> you haven't done a lot of looking at these? I, I, I haven't done a, a lot of looking at them, <laughs> but I have certainly seen them before. <laughs> and there's, I don't, for me, there's nothing exciting about it. Uh, but for somebody... Yeah. You know, for we some, know why that is. Don't worry. Huh? Just go on. For some lonely guy who has no social skills whatsoever, uh, you know, getting a getting a shot up a girl's skirt is uh, maybe a very very exciting and, and exhilarating experience for them. So we're not sure. In, in your right, Nick. But you're saying for a uh, for a lonely guy who has no social skills, it's not that big of a deal to look at him. Are you saying that I'm lonely and have no social skills? I figured you'd probably be pretty good at uh, you know giving me some idea. 6,000 people arrested on suspicion. Now, you're right. What does it mean to be arrested on suspicion? How many people were actually convicted? I mean, because if you you could, you do brush up against people in a crowded environment, and I've been on subway cars where you can't help but bump into people. Sure. So, who knows if that accurately represents how many people are actually out there groping. And how many of those 6,000 people weren't groping anyone? Maybe they just looked suspicious and the the woman in the or the man or whoever the victim of the alleged groping was thought they were groped but in point of fact weren't actually groped and maybe they, there was just an accidental bump that that happened and they you know they turned around and there's some creepy looking dude back there who and then they called the police so i mean how many of the 6000 were actually innocent people that had been arrested by the police because they were alleged to have groped 
But how do you prove that? I mean, unless you actually have witnesses who can say, yes, I saw that guy grope that woman, where's the, uh, the burden of proof in this case or in these cases? I, I don't know how, how other I'm countries' not, legal yeah, systems I'm, yeah, work. Yeah, I'm not Sorry. sure if there is much of a burden of proof in Japan. I'm, not, I'm just not sure how it works there. Yeah, I don't know either. 800-259-9231. If you do know and you can uh, enlighten us, we'd be we'd love to hear from you. When I, when I think of Japan, the first thing I think of is, when's that war going to end? When are we going to get our troops back? Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. Mark, they're not my troops. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Speaking of troops, you do have a story about that in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Give me liberty or give me death. Patrick Henry uttered those words in 1775. He died just 24 years later. You can avoid his fate by subscribing to Liberty, the National Journal of Libertarian Opinion, News, Investigation, and Intellectual Exploration. Liberty isn't just current events. In every issue, you can expect to see reflections, reviews, and reporting that challenge the individual mind. Get Liberty now with a free trial issue at libertyunbound.com and avoid an untimely meeting with the Grim Reaper. Talk Live, you are invited to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on our site free. If you want to help support Free Talk Live, become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 a month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show. Getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more internet listeners on board and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the AMP program and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some of our alternative payment options. All there available for you at amp.freetalklive.com. And be sure you visit Nick's website if it's up. Nick, last week uh, was still not quite ready for prime time. last check, it's still down. Okay, unfortunately. Well, eventually it will be up at uh, freemindsmedia.com. You've been having some, I guess, behind-the-scenes technical issues. Uh, But in the meantime, you can see Free Minds TV over at freekeen.com. There's uh, the Freekeen YouTube channel, and every Free Minds TV episode ever since the very beginning has been posted over at the freekeen.com blog. So in the meantime, while the uh, the Free Minds site is down, uh, you can get that at the very least at uh, freekeen.com. So please do that. And is, is Toby posting the Free Minds Radio episodes over there? I have not seen those. On Free Keen? Yeah, I've not seen uh, those. They're still being posted to iTunes, although I'm not sure. We had just been posting them to our website, mm-hmm. but given the technical difficulties, I think that at the moment they may just be getting posted over at iTunes. Okay. Uh, you, you might want to consider just popping them up on the, the Free Keen blog, get you a little bit, get a, f- get a few extra ears in the meantime while your site's down. Uh, but uh, Free Minds Media, Free Minds TV, Free Minds Radio, those are Nick's shows. And uh, so if you want to get more of Nick and more liberty, great liberty oriented content, uh, go there, freekeen.com. 800 259 9231. You mentioned the troops, Mark. Let's talk about the troops. There's going to be a lot more of them going to Afghanistan. Is that right? Yeah, looks that way. What's um, the story? From uh, McClatchyDC.com. Washington, President Obama met Monday evening with his national security team to finalize a plan to dispatch some 34,000 additional U.S. troops over the next year to what he's called a war of necessity in Afghanistan. 
by the way, mm. <laughs> according to his own aides over there, uh, you know, from I read on antiwar.com, so all you have to do is go look it up. Apparently, really the only thing that's necessary about the war in Afghanistan is uh, to make Obama not look silly, that al-Qaeda is not in Afghanistan, and there's really nothing there for us except, uh, you know. For the government, you mean? Right. Well, for the government, for for the people, well, for the people of uh, the United States, there's nothing. Has there ever been something there? I I suppose that uh, you know one can make the claim, but you know what what is there? What could there be in Afghanistan for the people of the United States? I don't want anything there. I'm I'm asking. I didn't ask you whether you wanted anything, I, Ian. That's, I don't know. That's the, I can't that's the answer to the question. Do you want anything in Afghanistan? There's a lot of opium. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, they, they so they. I guess they're trying to police the opium out. I mean, that's really good for those poor, dirt poor farmers. There. They haven't really tackled that very hard, though. No, isn't My ninety worst. plus percent of the world's opium coming from Afghanistan now? I don't know if it's ninety plus percent, but Afghanistan is the world's number one producer of of opium. Uh, right, and that it, hasn't changed. No, <laughs> no, nothing seems to be stopping that. So they're bringing 34,000? Yep. Is that what it is? And, and Obama is expected going... to announce his long-awaited decision on December the 1st, followed by meetings on Capitol Hill aimed at winning congressional support amid opposition. Some Democrats who are worried about the strain on U.S. Treasury and whether Afghanistan has become a quagmire. Happy the... holidays, American military families. <laughs> Your sons and daughters are going to die. Yep. More soft bodies for more hard bullets. The U.S. officials all spoke on condition of anonymity because they weren't authorized to discuss the issue publicly because one official said the White House is incensed by leaks on its Afghan policy um, that don't originate in the White House. Hmm. So they don't want leaks that don't originate in the White House. Yeah, they, they want the leaks to come straight from the source, I guess. Yeah, great. They said the commander of the U.S.-led International Force in Afghanistan, Army General Stanley McChrystal, could arrive in Washington as early as Sunday to participate in the rollout of the new plan, including testifying before <laughs> Congress. Yep. Toward the end of the next week, Secretary of Defense Robert Gates and Admiral Mike Mullen, the chairman of the Whoever. Joint Chiefs, Chiefs of Staff, U.S. Ambassador. Blah, 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 right. blah, blah, So that's what the plan is, right? And they're going to do it over a nine-month period beginning in March. How many troops do they have in Afghanistan right now? I, I mean, I don't expect you to know off this uh, that off the top of your head or anything like that, but... I, Does anybody know? I don't know. Wikipedia probably knows. Yeah, I'll give it a try. I, I want to say curious. it's not it's not as many as we had in Iraq. I mean, it's I want to say in the tens of thousands, fifty maybe. Was it a hundred thousand plus in Iraq? At one point, I think it was up to about one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty thousand, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Some somewhere in that ballpark. There are sixty-eight thousand U.S. troops and forty-two thousand other um, countries in Afghanistan from other countries in Afghanistan. So there's now they've been getting their butts whipped over there, haven't they? It hasn't been going well, but uh, you know the the thing is you can't st- nothing can stand in, in the face of the world's largest military apparatus over no. some period of time. But what's really going to happen? There is no central government. Um, the well, guy over there, Karzai, they, they did seem to stand up to the Soviets pretty well, and they were arguably the number two military power in the world, I, and they sent them. Packing with their ta- tails between their legs. I don't think over if, if the United States really wants to go in there um, and you know defeat them, then all they're going to do is hunker down for a little while, and then the United States will leave, and then they'll be back to whatever their business was as usual because they don't have a real government. Karzai is essentially not the president of Afghanistan; he's the mayor of um, I, I, I Kabul. Forget, Kabul, and he, you know his his influence doesn't. There isn't a government there. 
So what does that have to anything to do with anything? I mean, there isn't really a there wasn't really a government in Iraq uh, necessarily after they deposed Saddam Hussein, but they uh, you know the insurgents were doing a fine job of defending their territory. But now they haven't because they you know they came up with another system and they defeated the insurgents or whatever. But the difference well, between wait wait the difference between um, Afghanistan and Iraq is the centralized government. Iraq definitely had a central government, and that central government was definitely defeated by the United States, so the Iraqis sort of understood central government. The Afghanis do not. They have never had a central government, and there never will... There, I, I can't say that. There isn't one, and so putting one in its place is significantly more difficult. Do you understand? Are you telling me that there are... I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I want to go back to the issue of the insurgency. Are you telling me there's no more insurgency in Iraq these days? It's they, very low-key. Right, they they just waited until the they're waiting until the United States goes, well, and then you know they'll they'll see what happens. And essentially, I mean, I think in large part the insurgency in Iraq was defeated when Iraqi militias got sick of the insurgents. There were a lot of Iraqis who didn't want to have car bombs going off in their cities, understandably. So I believe that the Iraqi people largely turned on the insurgency. So you're saying it wasn't the military then that that kiboshed them. No, I, with a sympathetic population, an insurgency is virtually impossible to to, to destroy. And the, I would think in Afghanistan, you've got a relatively sympathetic population, right? right. Sure. I well, mean, they've been resisting one form of occupation or another off and on for the last centuries. few decades. Right. Yeah. So they're, for they're, centuries, if you look back far yeah. enough. I mean. Right. And the other thing about the, uh, the Iraqis is they knew what a good life was at one point. Um, they had one of the... In comparison to Afghanistan. Right. They, they had one of the most, uh, uh, you know, uh, technologically advanced cities, Baghdad, in the world at one point, um, you know, certainly in the Middle East. So, uh, you know, under Saddam Hussein, things were... I, I, hate, I hesitate to use the term peaceful because... You know, the threat of violence does not make peace, but they were were, were stable, I guess. As they probably. had TVs, some of them, and, right. and cars. and So having the American troops busting into their homes and hassling them, yeah. I mean, that was part of the whole plan was to, you know, to, to, to hassle the citizenry until they got sick of it all. And then they put the pressure on it, uh, the, the other uh, inmates in the, the giant prison. Well, look for more deaths coming soon in Afghanistan. Let's go to your phone calls. Joel is on the line in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Joel. Uh, hey, Ian, Mark, and I guess Nick, it was Nick. Nick. Yes, yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Hi. Well, um, just a quick story for you. I was driving uh, home from work, and uh, I was in a kind of rural area, and I was pulled over. And apparently, uh, my headlight was out, and I had no idea. And thankfully, I just got off with a warning, and I was let go. Not even two miles down the road, I was just pulled over again for the same thing. Jeez. Oh, so well, it's good to see they're watching out. Do, you, do, do they give you a verbal warning or did they give you a piece of paper warning? A paper warning. Well, that's good because then you can show the cop the paper warning and say, hey, you know, you guys are doing a great job. Right. <laughs> well, no, I, I told the second cop that the other guy's name and uh, he just let me go. But uh, I was in, as I said, a rural area and uh, there wasn't even a store around for me to buy a new headlight at. So I had to go another couple miles down the road before like anything came up. But I I got pulled over twice in about two miles for the same thing, which I didn't even have a chance to fix. <laughs> well, you know, at least there's nothing else going on in your town uh, for them to be investigating, apparently. <laughs> Uh, so I guess you can look on the bright side there. And uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, 
A lot of people have been saying that uh, Glenn Beck is a libertarian. And I think we can look a little deeper into that and find out whether there's any truth to it or not. Coming up, Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. As we launch here into the third hour of the program, again, bring up anything. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. We start out by going to your phone calls. Chris is in Michigan, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? So I'm a college student here, and we've been working on studying a, communities that operate without lack of government. And I came across the Free State Project and wanted to get some of your commentary on how that's going for you guys. And do you guys really think it's feasible to form a community there without the influence of government? Well, uh, well, first of all, unfortunately, government is still here in New Hampshire. So, right. So there is no community operating without governance um, in, in inside the borders that I know of of the United States. Um, Plus, you're also talking to a show that has uh, three different people on it right now, and two of those three are likely in favor of not eliminating uh, coercive government entirely. At least not immediately. Um, so I'll answer the question uh, as the, the resident voluntarist here. And, yeah, of course I think it's possible. Otherwise, I wouldn't uh, take the position that mankind should get, uh, you know, should interact with one another. Human beings should interact on a consensual basis. So I don't know if that's answered your question, but, yes, I do believe that's possible. Okay. Uh, and we've effectively defined this as uh, anarchy, as what we've come up with as our, our group here, as the lack of government in a community. And what we were trying to figure out, so if you were successful in eliminating or at least radically minimizing government in New Hampshire, how do you see this functioning going from the community in New Hampshire that you're working with to spreading that further throughout the rest of the world? If I can field that uh, for a second, um, I don't think that anybody here is really talking about the elimination of government. What they're talking about is eliminating a coercive monopoly on force. And, um, you know, people govern themselves through contracts uh, on a daily basis. Um, you, you operate in a certain fashion through your cell phone contract, through your um, insurance contracts. For instance, I'm not, according to my insurance, at least I imagine this is true, I'm not allowed to allow uh, seven-year-olds to drive my car. So I never do. 
Um, and, you know, these kind of rules, somehow they manage to uh, permeate society. Um, and there are also unspoken agreements. Uh, there are also customs like, you know, when you go into a restaurant, you're expected to tip. Uh, when you go into a grocery store, you're expected to stop at the cash register and pay for things. When, right. You know, but what I'm talking about here is the difference. Um, the, the terminology I hear you using um, is, uh, you know, I, I feel needs to be clarified a little bit. Um, I if like a governing body can it doesn't necessarily have to be, although it has generally been throughout history tied to geographic borders. Um, in the same way that uh, religions used to be tied to geographic areas. I mean, there's still places in the world where you can go, and if you don't claim to be the right religion, they'll you know, kill you or run you out of there or something like that. And I do envision sometime in the future a world where governances um, don't necessarily aren't necessarily tied to land masses where some where somebody can choose a particular form of government and um, you know that that will be their form of government. Okay. I, I could see that. Yeah. Okay, that that's kind of Mark's vision. Um I'm in, not interested in having a government because I don't need to be governed. Uh I'm a I'm a peaceful human being. I don't harm others. I don't threaten others. I don't destroy others' property. Uh if I were to do those things, then uh, clearly I would, you know, be held I should be held responsible for any damage uh that that I've done and I'm certainly willing to be as a responsible individual. So I see no need for, you know, hire I don't know why I would hire a government. What would they do? I don't want to be told how to live. I don't want to be told So you wouldn't uh, hire an insurance agency to cover unforeseen circumstances? Well, that's I don't consider that a government. A government but, but is you don't think a government, that, you don't think that insurance company would have some rules as to how it is that they choose to cover you in certain circumstances. Yeah, I just don't like the term government because it connotates controls and that it connotates top-down kind of controls. Like you know, you agree with this or else. Uh, for me, if I'm getting into an insurance agreement, then that's me entering into a mutually uh, mutually agreeable contract. Even if that uh, contract something. governs your uh, behavior in some way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not allowed to burn down my house, uh, clearly, but I mean, I could burn it down. It's just that I wouldn't get p- uh, paid from the insurance company. So, so you, uh, you I mean, I, I think most people would agree that it, it's your house and you should be free to burn it down as long as you don't, uh, you know, harm anyone else. Yeah. I'm sure that some government agency currently, some coercive monopoly on force would come along and give you trouble about it. But um, if, if you could safely burn down your own, own house, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. The problem is the fraud that may come in where you try to collect on insurance. Yeah, right. I, I'm not right. somebody who uh, who commits fraud. I don't harm others, and so therefore I, I see no reason to have a government necessarily. But what I do see is that uh, all the services that are provided by governments today can be provided on a consensual basis in the marketplace uh, by you know companies and individuals and charities and and uh, and things like that. Chris, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, when we were looking at uh, a lot of what we we're studying, I've kind of decided that. Yeah, a lot of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis, the government are nev- is never involved and has no reason to be. But, Chris, do you see how uh, Ian and I have said really the same things? However, he just says them in a way that uh, might stick someone to the ceiling and make them uh, horrified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was why, yeah, I was actually trying to avoid the term anarchy because that tends to be inflammatory and cause people to panic. I don't see why it sticks anybody to the ceiling to suggest that human beings should interact on a consensual basis. I don't. That's not what you said. You said you want to get rid of government. 
No, no, that is that, what yeah, I yeah, said. That's what you I said. said that I have no use for that concept that I want humans to interact on a consensual basis. That's what I said. I don't see why that sticks anybody to the ceiling because um, most people interact on a consensual basis on a day-to-day. Uh, that's that's how we all get the along. The fact that you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not true. Well, maybe someone could explain to me why that's so outrageous that I would suggest humans should interact consensually. Why is that outrageous? I'd because, love to hear from that. Because uh, people, that's not what you said, and that's not what they're outraged about. People like the idea of people uh, interacting on a consensual basis. That's not the problem with the phrase. The phrase, is, uh, the, the problem is, is when you say, let's get rid of government. And people then say, holy crap, the murderers are going to be running around. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, no one's going to build roads. Uh, it's going to be chaos at uh, intersections. Uh, you know, all, all kinds of problems come into their mind. But when you say that, Oh, people could voluntarily choose their form of governance. Wow. It's an entirely different world that opens up for people. God knows we wouldn't want to convince anyone of anything, right? Chris, any other thoughts for us tonight? Any uh, any other questions? Uh, I was just hoping you guys could mention a little bit more about uh, the Free State Project, a little um, more what the idea is behind it or what your ultimate goal is. Free State Project is a movement to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals who have signed up online and agreed to move at uh, that number, that magic number of 20,000 within five years of that number, you know, some counter on the Internet uh, reaching that number. And they will then, um, you know, move to the state that has been chosen. That state was chosen at the 5,000 mark, um, and that state is New Hampshire. And they will then work to reduce government to the, uh, you know, a minimum, a maximum size of uh, protecting life, liberty, and the protection of property. So the people that are moving here, this isn't an anarchist movement as much as it is a, uh, you know, movement of people that believe in small government, limited government. I guess my question is, how how would that, if I move to New Hampshire and New Hampshire is min, uh, minimized in government, how would that go to influencing the rest, or how do you guys see that going to influencing the rest of the country? I would see that as uh, if you don't have a coercive monopoly around, then people will be free to live their lives how they want without having to beg some bureaucrats' permission, which means they'd uh, be free to open businesses and compete and offer all kinds of uh, products and services without being frightened of uh, some gang coming in and shutting them down, which would mean that uh, you'd have freedom. And that would mean that you'd have pro- uh, prosperity, uh, because yep. without the the government to you know, hold uh, threatening acts over somebody's head if they make a, a wrong move according to what the government's rules are, then you've got a whole lot more leeway to live your life and make decisions about your business and, and things like that, meaning there's more competition in the marketplace, meaning that uh, that competition brings prices down, brings quality up. I can bring it back if you want to, uh, to continue this at 800-259-9231. But essentially, it would be a beacon to the world. Uh, New Hampshire, a free New Hampshire, would be a, a beacon of liberty to the entire world saying, hey, here's how you do it. You just let people be free and let them make their own decisions and let them be responsible for them, and everything works better with freedom. And we would show that. It would be proven. We would have the statistics. We would be able to back up, uh, back up our claims. Uh, more, In fact, we already can. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. I love the British Sovereign. It's about a quarter ounce, which is usable for a gold coin. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $288. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold. Dot freetalklive.com. 
The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And the features include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Just head on over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive there. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. And while you're doing that internet trotting over there... Take, a, um, take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines. I mean, it's a search engine, right? <laughs> and, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. There won't be any computer out there tracking what you're doing. You can start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. So we continue here, and Chris did uh, did drop off the line, but he had called in to ask about the ideas of a... He kept using the term anarchist society. I personally don't care much for that. I wanted to get into that point uh, because I think it's important, so hopefully he's he's still listening. Uh, He's, I guess, doing some sort of a college group study on the first state project. Societies. The absence of government. And uh, anarchy is not a term I prefer because I think it suggests that there are there's a lack of rules, and I am not opposed to rules. Uh, I, I have rules on this radio show. There aren't very many of them. Uh, when you call Free Talk Live, you do have to give us your name and uh, where you're calling from and uh, one or two words what you want to talk about. So it's not as restrictive of a radio show as many other shows are. Many uh, shows have very restrictive call screening wherein you have to uh, give up all kinds of information about what you're planning on talking about with the host. And if you were to break away from what your original intentions were, they might pull you off the air all of a sudden and uh, dump, your, uh, you know, dr- dump out your call out of the, the dump machine. So, yeah, I, I believe in having rules, and I think that people that, uh, that own private property uh, should be able to set whatever rules they want, and then you uh, would get to choose whether or not to traverse onto that property if you'd agreed with, the, with their set of rules. So I don't think anarchy has that connotation attached to it. So that's one of the reasons why I, and of course it also has a very negative uh, popular uh, definition of, you know, bomb throwing and destruction and chaos. Chaos. Anarchy and chaos are synonymous terms, and essentially. The, the anarchists will uh, will defend to their death uh, their, their term and they'll say that it's not violent and it's not this and it's not that. But unfortunately, that's how it's used in in the colloquial colloquial manner uh, by news reports and things like that. Whenever they're talking about anarchists, they're not talking about intellectual debates. They're talking about people destroying storefront windows and throwing Molotov cocktails and, and doing scary things. So I don't use that term, and I would not accept it for myself. I'm a, a voluntarist, and that means that I think that human beings should interact on a consensual basis. And yes, that means that I think that the structure that we know of as government needs to go away. I think that it'd be fine if the government would start would start acting on a consensual basis then it would no longer be the structure that we know of as government today because it would be behaving like a business. Um, businesses don't operate like governments do. Governments are violent. Governments are uh, destructive. Governments are threatening toward, uh, toward peaceful people. And businesses don't do those things. Uh, I've never heard of Walmart threatening to kick anybody out of their home because they didn't go and buy a ladder at the Walmart store and instead decided to go to Home Depot. So it just, you know, it just doesn't work that way in the, in the real world. 
And it was Chris that was asking us, well, what would your society, this... Well, this- what he was really asking, Ian, was he was asking about the Free State Project. He wants to, he's he writing a report, and he wants to yes. know more about that. Um, I mean... Well, he'd also asked the question about what your... The last question he asked before we went away was about uh, what the Free Society would do in regards to the rest of the world. What would it look like to the rest of the world? Well, what would, what would sort of be the purpose? And I think that um, he did ascertain, he uh, divi- divined that, in fact, the reason that I moved here wasn't so much as to get freedom for myself because my life was free enough i you know I, I life was good in sarasota florida fine and dandy what bothered me was from a sort of uh you know moral aspect was that i wasn't doing what i could for uh liberty which i believed to be the right thing i wasn't doing the right thing for other people my my you know my progeny and I want to show the world that liberty is the right thing, you know, because I find it disingenuous to sit there and yammer on about, uh, you know, liberty with my friends and then really just do nothing about it. Um, so, I mean, you know, is, isn't that kind of what, uh, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, in the bar or the coffee shop where you're talking to somebody, that's kind of where it ends up. Well, what are you doing about it? I mean, you're telling yeah. me about how I'm living my life wrong and how I've my belief sucks. What are you doing about it? Uh, nothing. You know, Talking with you. Right. <laughs> hassling your butt about it. So I, you know, picking up and moving to New Hampshire, the idea is is to, 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 to you know, show the world that this works. And if it works, what are we going to show the world? Well, hopefully we'll show the world a populace that is far more productive than they are. Um, I yeah. mean, all you have to do is look around in the United States where the the overregulated cities are the ones that are lagging in uh, production and the, the, the more regulated ones aren't. Now, this it's more regulations hold, absolutely leads to more un, unemployment and it doesn't hold true entirely across the board. But, you know, there's some so there's some glaring examples. It, Detroit. Ho- holds, it holds true across the world, uh, wherein you can look at places like Hong Kong and Singapore, where economically they're they're very free. Now, Singapore is not very free as far as on a. A personal freedoms basis they're very restrictive in the in those ways but just looking at economic freedoms you can see that the lack of control from governments results in a very very um, wonderful economy and having an economy or an you know an area a geographic location that is if not completely free relatively more free than the areas around it can have a direct impact on people living in nearby areas for instance the state of Vermont, for instance, probably can't raise its sales taxes as far as it would like because they know they'll just lose business. If they raised it high enough, they knew they would lose business to the state of New Hampshire where there is no sales right. tax. They're already losing plenty right. of They're business. already it, losing plenty of business if they want to go make any kind of major purchases. Barring cars, it doesn't really work that way um, because of uh, registration and stuff. But if they want to make major purchases, likely they're coming to New Hampshire to do that. And if Vermont, I don't know, I think it's probably 8% over there for sales tax. 6%, uh, six or seven, I think. And that's pretty common across the United States. But if they were to, say, double it, well, th- that would drive that many more people over for that, that, you know, that, that smaller of a purchase. People would start going to New York to buy things from the other side of Vermont. I mean, if it was doubled. It, so, yeah, you're right. There would be well, some effects. And you also do see businesses and people who are good at what they do, who make a lot of money generally – will head towards areas where they don't have to pay as many taxes. That's why many businesses leave the United States and go to other countries around the world where they can avoid a lot of the regulations. They can do business at a much lower cost, and they can provide a product that is, if not as high a quality, very nearly as high a quality. So that's kind of what I wanted to point out, is that you can look in various different areas and you can see evidence right now as to why it is that freedom works better 
than arbitrary governmental uh, forced control over various different areas. Whether it's you know whether it's ambulance services or whether it's uh, you know it's competition in the marketplace for manufacturing or whatever the issue is. I mean, around here we actually have private garbage pickup. In many places in this country, people can't even fathom what that would be like because it's always been handled in their lifetimes by governments. And so we can. You know, the concern is, is people will just start throwing away anything. They'll throw away paint cans, and and my God, they won't bundle their trash properly, and blah blah blah. And it's amazing. Your trash goes out in uh, some, uh, you know, the, those uh, Rubbermaid uh, containers yep. somehow or another. You know, because they're better to keep the raccoons out. They don't right. knock them over because they're lower. Um, oh, oh my God, it's innovation in the trash marketplace, but. You'd, you'll never, ever see that in a, in a city where trash is regulated. So you can just go all over in different areas and find examples of how it is more freedom works. And so uh, New Hampshire should be, when it becomes uh, much more free, a great example to the rest of the world of how freedom works really well. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, and they include the updates. Get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, that updates.freetalklive.com. If you're like me, you worry about your uh, loved one, your wife or your girlfriend, and uh, you know them being protected. Well, and, and if you're like me, your loved one probably doesn't think that guns are that great. Uh, some women do, but a lot of them don't. You could get into their hands a non-lethal weapon with the uh, stopping power that rivals that of a handgun in uh, on-the-street tests by police officers. It's the Tiger Light. It's an incredibly bright flashlight made of, like, I don't know, some kind of shiny stainless steel or something like that. And uh, it's integrated into a, I don't know, it's, it's really nice. I don't know what it's made out of. Some kind of chrome finishing. And integrated pepper spray. It, it has a high level of utility because it's out and in their hand at the time because it's a flashlight. They're using it. Unlike other weapons, there's no expectation by the perp that you have a weapon. So they can... Get that pepper spray and get it right into their eyes and mouth. It's a Tiger Light. You can get one today at tiger.freetalklive.com. It's a, a special Christmas right there at tiger.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Jack is on the line listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Jack? Well, I would like to uh, mention something about what's going on that a lot of people don't even mention. And that is the increase in the cost of food. Yes. Yeah, it's out there. It's going on. Now, the price of food is going up, whereas if you buy junk food, which makes people obese, which the government is trying to quote, unquote, do away with, that food is cheap. So what have you observed as far as uh, the increases? Is there anything specific you want to mention? Well, just that the better foods, when you go to the grocery store, that are more healthy for you, have a higher cost 
than the foods that are unhealthy for well, That's you. always been a true statement, though. But I think that they've been going up, though. I think that... More uh, quickly I, than the processed I, foods? It seems like it to me. I mean, I may be... I, maybe, the, maybe I'm... The I, I'm process, not the best at, at checking these The processed things. foods do have a fairly low production cost. I mean, they're using low-cost ingredients. That's one of the reasons it's not good for you, but it also makes it more profitable. So they they probably have wider profit margins in terms of what mm-hmm. it actually costs. I would, I would agree. And in terms of what it costs them to produce, say, a bag of Cheetos compared to, you know, a bag of carrots or, some, you know, something decent for you. So I think part of the reason is they might just be able to eat some of some of the the price increases as opposed to actually passing the cost on to consumers. They can take a slight reduction in their actual profit. I wonder how much profit. I wonder how much of it is a sort of a lag from last year's high fuel rates, too. Um, you know, farmers are still probably recovering. Um, you know, farmers w- operate on a very low margin as it is, and maybe to some extent they're, they're recouping lost profits from last year's, uh, f- you know, fuel rates this year. I don't know. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate the call tonight at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, of course, what would be interesting is for somebody who actually works in the food business on the retail level, a grocer or somebody who is uh, you know, stocking shelves and, and uh, doing inventory and stuff like that to actually call in with their experience as far as what they've seen uh, because obviously they've got uh, more expertise at it. Well, I but, can tell you I've seen packages shrinking and prices remaining the same. Yes, absolutely. Or, That's a trick too. Yeah. Or prices going up and the packages remaining the same or getting smaller at the same time. Yeah, that's uh, that's an that's an old trick, and you can see it in in things like uh, ice cream containers, which used to be half gallons. They're now a little bit smaller than that. Point four five gallons. Yeah, <laughs> and there also uh, yogurt. Uh, recently, you yeah. cannot find at the at the grocery store I go to, you cannot find an eight ounce cup of yogurt anymore. They're all six ounces. Not now. even the store brand. Store brand cut down to six ounces this year. Earlier this year. And it's an interesting little... Because it uh, used to always be eight ounces, I remember. Absolutely. It was the standard. Yeah. Now they've and, gone to six. And uh, the, some of the uh, major yogurt manufacturers went to six a long time ago. And Well, that's, there's that new one out, Activa. I don't know which one it's by, uh, but I've, that's a four-ounce container of yogurt. Wow. It's tasty, and it's got some kind of new, uh, you know... Probiotic. Pro- probiotic thing in, yeah. um, for, your, for your belly in it, and... I certainly it, it's tasty, but four ounces it's not a lot of food. No, it's not. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the things they do is the food manufacturers will one of the trickier things like in a candy manufacturer, they'll take the same size box and put a smaller amount of actual ounceage in it, so it'll appear well, to be. Now what they're doing is I've noticed they're taking the full size candy bars and they're splitting them into two smaller candy bars in the same package, mm, but I think really? what they're actually doing there is when you actually cut it off and they have the rounded edges, I think you're actually losing quite a bit of the actual candy. Right, oh, and over time, as if you're the manufacturer, taking off corners and making them into rounded edges is something that will seem very minute uh, to a buyer, may not even notice it, but when you're manufacturing a million Snickers bars, you're getting some pretty significant cost savings there. That's a, a million bars uh, with little bits of chocolate on the side that you didn't have to to put in there. Yeah. So they're saving money as you know in whatever creative ways they can. 
And if if buyers aren't paying attention to those things, then they you know they're if they're oblivious right. to that stuff, well, they're not the, going to know. It's the shoppers uh, like Jack that are paying attention that really are the 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 razor's edge in the sh- the food shopping industry. Those are the ones that <laughs> they're they're like uh, you know they're the, the 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 point of the spear that keep the rest of us kind of safe because they're out there. They'll buy the product that g- gives them the best value, mm-hmm. and that of course makes that product uh, you know more profitable, and then they they do. Better and and so I I really appreciate people that check prices. I I don't do the food shopping by and large. My wife would be better at answering these questions. I just kind of wander around, push the cart, and uh, keep the baby occupied. The toll free number here is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Some uh, boxes I've uh, I've seen boxes of candy that. I recall being mostly full with candy, now having half, you know, a very small baggie on the inside of it uh, with half of the amount of candy actually in it. So it's, a, it's, the, it's the same as raising prices, except that people don't get hit with sticker shock, which in an right. economy where people don't really want to part with their money is important. You don't want to yep. scare custo- customers off by significantly increasing prices. But so it only goes for so long. Right. I mean, you can only make stuff so much smaller before right. you have to And I do prices. appreciate how the grocery stores do a very good job of, uh, you know, this didn't used to be the way. It used to be some guy with a little gun there going, putting the prices on. You had to use a calculator to figure out what the per ounce value was. And now grocery stores, and generally it's right. By and large, you know, almost it's almost never wrong. But you've got to keep an eye out because sometimes they are wrong, but they'll put the you know, the per ounce or per gallon or per pint, whatever uh, value there. Let's go to Bill in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I wanted to follow up on the caller a uh, few calls back, uh, the college student, and just kind of remind people, uh, you know, when you're talking about force of government, that there are opposing viewpoints uh, where people think, that that is okay. So when you're presenting the facts, when you're presenting, which I do personally agree with, that you know an absence of government in you know in use of force is more effective and more cost effective and whatnot. There's people that will rebuttal that with their own facts. It's like arguing religion or politics or anything else. So what you really have to focus on is okay. You know what? If we're not going to agree on the data, if we're not going to agree on the facts, what we're going to have to come to a moot uh, uh, point on is you think it's okay to use force because there are those people with that viewpoint that think force, that think collective uh, society over the individual is you know, morally right. There are those people, uh, you're right. And that uh, is the important issue. You don't want to get bogged down in statistics. You don't want to get bogged down into the details of a particular issue. The issue always should be the root of the the, uh, the problem, and that is the uh, the use of coercive force. If you have more comments, we can bring you back at 800-259-9231. Sometimes when you get into a conversation with somebody, it can be difficult to remember that because you want to get into all the statistics. Because if you know the statistics, you want to share them, uh, but then they can come back with their statistics, and who knows which statistics are true. I don't care. All I care about is, am I being forced to do this? Am I being forced to participate or not? 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time, perhaps, for your call. If you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And if you appreciate this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. Probably need to get some shopping done uh, pretty soon. It is the holiday season, and I, if you're like me... You don't want to go out and deal with the crowds and the parking and the parking lots and uh, car accidents and crazy people beating each other up for the you know the Turkey Day uh, Black Friday sales. You don't want to deal with that stuff. Stay home. Do it all from uh, or do it from your office. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Dozens of categories in which you can shop. Free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. Plus, you can even buy used if you need to save a few extra bucks. Start your shopping at Amazon.freetalklive.com and feel good because you're getting the stuff you want, the stuff you need, and you're helping Free Talk Live at the same time. The Millionaire Patriot says that now is the time that you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides just such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course today, plus the 30-state concealed weapons permit that goes with it, and a free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com. Let's go back uh, briefly to Bill in Kentucky. Uh, I wanted to see if you had any more thoughts. Uh, go ahead, Bill, with your with your call. Well, I just, all I wanted to add to that was you know, with people with those viewpoints which see freedom as being the opposite of what they want, at that point you have to just say, look, I'm going to stay on this side of the line, you stay on your side of the line, and you know, if you come on this side of the line, there's going to be a problem. So that's really all you can do with those people. Well, I mean, to some extent, although people do have a change of heart, I mean, I will say that there are, I mean, there are people out there who went from being self-described socialists to libertarians, voluntarists, because somebody kept having that discussion with them, and I'm not sure that those people who disagree with you on a, a fundamental basis are the best investment as far as your time goes. You probably have a lot more luck saying, all right, well, let's agree to disagree and yeah. move on down the line. But that's not to say that people who have that fundamental disagreement about whether it is correct to initiate force against other people, that's not to say that they won't have a change of heart at some point down the line. It's true. They're not hopeless. It's just that I, I agree with you that you only have it's a limited amount. It's not hopeful of, either. You, you only have a limited amount of time. You should spend that on the best prospects. So we go to Ray in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Ray. Ray, Illinois? Oh, yeah. Hello. You're uh, on the air. Hey, Ray. Yeah, I just want to ask in regards to, because I know you guys hold that there should be private property. I believe that you guys have a strong stance on that. And I was just wondering if you believe that can exist with an absence of the state, if that's possible. 
Because it almost seems to me that you can't have one without the other. Because kind of like as Locke put out, I... the great and chief end of men uniting into a commonwealth is to putting themselves under government as a preservation of their property. So I didn't know what your stance was on that. I was curious. Well, I think that uh, you know what what our stance is is that uh, certainly there were probably times uh, in human history where you know governments might have been the most effective means. I'm not saying I know it's true. I'm just saying they maybe they were the most effective means of protecting private property. But I think that now um, with the wealth of our society, and this is the only society I can talk about, the wealth of our mm-hmm. society, the people can protect their own property probably more efficiently than by giving a government, which at this point uh, extracts from the average person about 50% of their wages and, you know, some level of government, one of the levels of government, one of the little mafias, um, ex- uh, you know, they, they take 50% of your wages in order to protect your property. I mean, do you really need somebody to take half of your wages in order to protect you? Well, I'm going to agree that it's tyrannical if they're taking that much away. Oh, it's not enough. your earnings and your wealth. But I was just curious, though, Ben, how do you think, for like, for instance, people that have large-scale acres and acres, how would they go about, I suppose, in your version of a society to protecting their property? Well, I, um, the, the, my first statement on that would be, that sounds like their problem. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say that likely they would spend more than I would in protecting my small piece of uh, acreage. I have I have 11 acres, and... I live on it, so protecting it would probably be a lot easier for me than, say, somebody who has, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres um, from, you know, people going around and doing things. However, it doesn't require as much protection. If you just have some fenced-in acreage for some cows to graze, then what is somebody going to want to do on it? Set up a city? It's going to take them a little while to do that. So um, you don't need to... uh, you know, I need a certain level of protection to keep people from, you know, coming in and disturbing my family. I think there's a, a, a might much, kill your cows, right? A much lower level of protection for uh, grazing land, and even even a far lower level of protection for just forested land. Personally, I come down on the other side of the argument. I mean, I, I will agree that the 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 Lockean argument is a paradox in that. What what Locke has said is that basically we form governments to, you know, men form governments to protect their property. But, of course, you forfeit some of your property and some of your liberty to this government. You have to if it's going to act as we would think of a government as acting. Um, my personal solution is just to make the government much, much smaller. So it, it's a lot closer to that, what I think of as the Lockean ideal um, well, today the government is the greatest threat to my property. There's oh, no doubt about it. I yeah. mean, as far as where we stand today, I don't think any of us in this room are going to have very much disagreement on the fact that the government is the number one threat to your life, liberty, and property. In, in the voluntary society, I think what you'd probably see is different title. Uh, right today, we have title insurance. We have uh, organizations that. You know that they, when you buy a house, you have the title checked to make sure there's no claims against the property, and uh, you know to make sure it's it's a clear title, and you can you can buy it without encumbrances and things like that. So the, these companies exist that deal with uh, ensuring that property is as it is uh, specified to be, and so those companies would still uh, exist, and they'd likely come up with standardization of what uh, you know an acre is and uh, different details as far as what they would I think need they to probably agree on that standardization. Right. Now. You know, but I'm just giving you an example. They 
the companies and businesses uh, do standardize, even though they are in competition. There's there's benefits to having the, standards. The, the biggest problem I have with say private title and private security, I, I, the biggest problem I have with the idea is not so much that you can't hire private security companies, but when it comes to matters of dispute about ownership or chains of title in those gray areas about who owns what, where a boundary line is, things like that, I think it's very important to have recourse to some kind of a universal dispute resolution system. And I'm well, that's just, where the standards come in. So these I, different title organizations uh, and property uh, you know, definition organizations would have uh, the standards that they've all agreed to, and they would have arbitrators that would be able to handle any sort of dispute that came up. If they all agree to the same standard, and that's where I have my doubts, is that in the marketplace, typically what you have are companies that cater to different niches or they have they're catering to different sections of the market and i'm just not sure that you're going to see competing companies necessarily agree on a on a universal system of determining title and determining ownership and things matters of contract i'm just not sure i'm pretty sure the market well that's just it you're not sure and i am uh you know i believe that the market can handle things like that so my my biggest concern isn't necessarily just that the market can't handle it but that you could end up with a situation that's much, much worse if you have a breakdown of, of that recourse to some kind of a, a dispute resolution system. Ray, thanks for the call tonight. Oh, I appreciate yeah. well, it. Uh, I, you can call back tomorrow. We've got to get to Smokey in Canada. Uh, Smokey, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind, Smokey? Uh, tonight, uh, well, I got a comment for Nick there. He was wondering last week if uh, East Coasters in Canada sounded like People from New Hampshire, I guess it was, was your question, wasn't that? Yeah, was that ba- basically one? people in the Maritimes, if the they Nova sound Scooters. like... Yeah, if they not, f- even, not even close, buddy. You don't, you don't, I don't hear any of you guys spouting off, Lord Thunder and Jesus, boy. <laughs> like, they, no, you, you, you're not talking like no Newfoundlander over there. So they sound kind oh, of Scottish? A bit of, a bit of the old, uh, yeah, the homeland is still in the voice. Hmm, interesting. But, uh, no, but... Uh, Oh, shoot. Oh, your webcam. That's what I wanted to comment on. It's sweet. Uh, I don't know. You guys switched companies, and I get the live feed now because my company likes to uh, filter out you guys. I don't know why they don't like you guys, but Mm -hmm. now I'm able to listen to you guys uh, live now at work, which is kind of good. So that was my only comments for tonight. Great show as usual, guys. Cool, man. Happy night. Thanks Bye. for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we did switch webcam providers. Though, actually, technically, we didn't switch. We're still on Ustream, and we're now on Livestream as well. Um, so you can get us, where, whichever one works best for you, you can uh, take your pick. Is it going to stay that way? I've got enough bandwidth to stream out to both of them, so I see no reason to, to eliminate one or the other at this point. And we bought a new uh, bought a new light bulb for the uh, the studio, so it's a little brighter in here. It makes mm. it easier to see uh, on the webcam. So, hey, we're out of time. Uh, it's been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com.